Hello, and welcome to Geek Between the Lines, the podcast that explores compelling themes in some of our favorite geeky properties. I'm Brittany. I'm Chris. And this week, we're going to be talking about ignorance in The Hunger Games. And this is the first time that we're repeating a topic, obviously mm. not with the same property, which is actually kind of funny since we have like, what, at least 25 or something topics. But We've got a lot, but I mean, yeah. the more we do, the more likely it is. What? So. That's how that works? That's how it works, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. You really for... are a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Since we didn't talk about ignorance in our lives mm-hmm. um, with the last one, what is something that you found um, that you've discovered you're ignorant of? Yeah, so that's a good question. Obviously, a lot of things mm-hmm. as time has gone by. I think one of the first things I remember hitting me when I was a kid and I had a, a friend in my biology class who now is one of my best friends of all time. And and he is a black individual. And I remember at one point him mentioning something about how he felt when he walked into a room and how he felt people were viewing him or if people would be afraid of him or scared Mm -hmm. of him or something like that. And it just struck me. I mean, he was... At that time, it was probably he was like 13 and I was 15 or something like that. And it just struck me because I knew him as my friend and that anybody would have that type of reaction to him was just so baffling to me. And I, yeah, I still remember that to this day, this this feeling like I have no idea what any of your experience is like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So hmm. that's one that sticks out to me. What about you? Yeah, similarly, I've, I've had a lot to, to learn and, and, and a lot of things that I, I've been very ignorant of. You know, cishet white guy um, mm-hmm. growing up in Southern California. Um, but I think the, the one that comes to mind um, as one of the earliest ones that, that really struck me was um, when I was in seventh grade, um, and that was the year of 9-11. And in my history class, we were learning about the history of Islam. Mm-hmm. And that was really, really fascinating to me mm. um, to learn not only about the precepts of the religion, but since then also learning about the history of Islamic empires and societies and, um, you know, ideas about its religion and its theology and, and the people's beliefs and things like that. I, I think that I remember I went to an Islamophobia event um, at Passing City College once and we were talking about how, you know, according to the Quran you know, jihad is a uh, a kind of a struggle against yourself more than mm-hmm. anything, right? It's an internal ba- internal battle, not a uh, you know uh, the way that we see it in the West. Yeah, and doesn't it just mean struggle? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and that's kind of how it, it apparently is um, is interpreted in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm still very ignorant, so I can't speak for certain on these things as well. But um, mm-hmm. I think that that especially when you look at you know. Um, the the things about Islamic history that we're ignorant of, like the fact that, you know, s- during the quote-unquote dark ages for Europe, um, you know, <laughs> Muslim empires were thriving, and, and mm-hmm. Timbuktu was the, like, one of the, the 
intellectual capitals of the world, you know, and then, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, that's where philosophy and math and all these things. I mean, were, that's where were. we got our number system from. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I, I think that that is something that, that really kind of struck me because I was very much coming from a, a, like the only experience I had with the religion really up till that point when I was 11 was nine eleven, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, of course that came with a lot of really negative stereotypes and, and, and terrible, social ways of, of looking at and discussing Muslim people. Um, so learning more about that history and things like that has been something that I've enjoyed. And that's one of the problems, right? When you only talk about something when it becomes prevalent to certain people. Mm. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we'll see some of that today in our discussion of the Hunger Games. Yes, I'm sure we will. So to start us out with our quote, it comes from Catching Fire, Chapter 6, mm-hmm. and they, uh, Katniss and Pete had just finished their victory tour, and they're at the very end of it in uh, the Capitol where they have this big feast at President Snow's mansion, and there's like all of this food, like it is the actual definition of a feast, mm-hmm. and they just want to try everything because they've never seen so much food in their life. And they're so full. And uh, Katniss, uh, or the prep team comes up to Katniss and they're like, oh, like, why are you eating? And she's like, I can't eat anymore. Like, I literally can't eat anymore. And they're like, oh, well, that's what, you know, these drinks are for. And they're like, oh, you have to go do it in the bathroom because basically you're going to vomit up everything so then you can eat more. Then Peta speaks in a strained voice. You go along, thinking you can deal with it, thinking maybe they're not so bad, and then you... He cuts himself off. All I can think of is the emaciated bodies of the children on our kitchen table as my mother prescribes what parents can't give. More food. Now that we're rich, she'll send some home with them, but often in the old days, there was nothing to give and the child was past saving anyway. And here in the capital, they're vomiting for the pleasure of filling their bellies again and again. Not from some illness of body or mind. Not from spoiled food. It's what everyone does at a party. Expected. Part of the fun. Yes. This is one of my favorite parts. I I mean, I have a bunch of favorite parts of the Hunger Games, so maybe it's not even worth (laughs) saying the word favorite. But it's so good. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important, this idea of Peter was willing to try to overlook certain things and you know it's like okay i'll just i'll try to go along with them they're still human beings and whatnot but then it gets to a certain point where how just ignorant and oblivious and how much they just consume for their own sake it just gets to you because you can now directly see these links between these people eating so much and other people starving to death. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I really I really love how Suzanne Collins really draws that out. Yeah, and 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 shows the dichotomy. I, I love reading this in Katniss's voice because and just mm-hmm. even, you know, her narration is so angry, you yeah. know, and so clearly upset by these things. I also like this because not only is it they're being so upset because this is the like last straw in seeing the ignorance of the prep team and of mm-hmm. the capital um, and the privilege of them, but also it shows ignorant uh, Peta's ignorance, you mm-hmm. know, because Peta talks about how he you know thinks that they're okay and and, and until he, basically he learns 
this is what they are. This is what they do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is just so hard for him because he can't not know that now. You know, he can't yeah. go back to a time where he can just like the prep team wholeheartedly, thinking that they're well-intentioned because this is what they're doing. Well, and I would... I would venture to say that he didn't think that they were just okay before, Mm -hmm. but he was willing to engage with them in the hope that they weren't as bad or or even being like, oh, well, they could be worse Mm -hmm. or things like that. Like making minor excuses for people in a way to, because you have to interact, so to get along better or this or that, but it can get to a certain point where it's just, Nope, <laughs> like that that was the last straw for me. I mean, and I understand in this scenario, if they say something, they might not only be tortured and killed, but like mm-hmm. everybody they care about would be. So it's like I understand why they wouldn't say something to to the prep team or to anybody else. But in normal daily life, it's that sort of thing. It's like, well, if you had been saying things all along, maybe it wouldn't have gotten to that point right. of of just yeah continued engagement in these horrendous things Mm -hmm. well what character are you bringing to our podcast today well funny enough i am going to talk about the prep team what oh hey are they ignorant (laughs) they may very well be so i wanted to talk to them uh, not to, to them i mean i want to talk to them too um they're fictional characters you can't do that yeah, well, I'd rather not live in that world either, so... Uh, I mean, not that it's that different in some ways. <laughs> but I want to talk about them because I think that they are so complex, and it is something that I really appreciate that that Collins does, mm-hmm. is that, yeah, you have this, and it's just horrible, and it's so frustrating, and you're... Just like ah like how can you be so ignorant and just be in your own little bubble and not ever think about where does this food come from are these people getting to eat this food mm-hmm. too uh do people have enough how are other people treated like no questions about that just about your own little life and your own little bubble and whatever is benefiting you is great and why think about it or analyze it or find out anything more and that is obviously terrible Mm -hmm. but then it's it's not too long later that even Katniss herself stops being as angry like she can be so angry at them and then she's sent back into the to the games in the quarter quell and they're helping her get ready and they're just weeping Mm because they're so sad that she's going back in and they thought that she was out of this you know for good and that they'd see her every year and and Katniss is struck by that like it seems like these people actually care about me like Mm -hmm. not in the way that they should but that there is some care and humanity there so I think they're very interesting and I think it's also interesting that even before they went on the victory tour, uh, Cinna wanted them to learn how to do the braids for her hair, like her mother did it. Mm. And and so the mother comes in and shows them, and they're just, like, studying it and, like, hanging on her every word. And at that moment, Katniss is like, she felt bad. because She's like, 
maybe like they have been so readily respectful and kind to my mother that like I shouldn't be going around thinking I'm so superior because what would I have been like if I grew up in the capital like maybe the worst thing that would have happened to me also would be like feathers at my birthday party Mm -hmm. or whatever it was and so I love how complex it is in the books it's not just like oh the ignorant people equal the bad people it's that there is some change that can take place or there's some nuance at least uh to not write everyone off who's ignorant but also not stand for the ignorance either exactly i i I like i like that it it does not entirely um classify them in black or white good or evil Mm-hmm. kind of terms or, or ways of looking at things, but it never justify their actions, right? Yeah. They are always, this is wrong. And whether they are engaging in these things because for them, everyone does this. Like, I think even here with, the, with that quote, it was, you know, Pete is upset with the prep team because this is normal. You know, it's not just like they're doing this terrible thing, but like they're showing exactly how terrible the capital is. Mm-hmm. And that's another really great way that they present that is they present how the capital can be filled with people who have had a normalized experience that's entirely filled with this privilege and ignorance that, mm-hmm. that is um, just so oppressive to others. Yeah. And that's something that I found interesting as well of, about the situation where they were learning from her mother, where... I think some people with their privilege think whether they would say they do or whether they wouldn't, like they do think that they are superior Mm -hmm. than these other people. Um, The people who have less power, the people on the margins. And in that situation, it didn't seem like the prep team thought that. And Mm -hmm. I don't know that the prep team ever really seems like they think that i think Mm -hmm. other people in in that world definitely do but the prep team it doesn't seem like that as much and and so i think that's part of the thing for me i think we all start out ignorant as people obviously some groups more than others Mm -hmm. and we have opportunities as we grow up as we interact with other people other communities to start changing our perspectives And it depends on how we respond to the others, Mm -hmm. right? And and so some people are willingly ignorant. Some people just haven't had different information presented to them yet. They're still ignorant and sure they could find out more. But yeah, some people are resistant when things are pointed out to them and some people embrace it because they want to learn. And I don't feel like the prep team, we don't see that they super want to learn, but we also don't see them really resistant to things either. Because in a lot of ways, they're treated like children. Mm. They're not told anything different. So, yeah, they're they're very interesting. Super interesting, yeah. Yeah, a good, good, good set of characters to choose. Yeah. So what is your plot point? My plot point is the ignorance that Katniss has over the plot during Catching Fire. Mm-hmm. that Katniss herself is ignorant that all of these people are creating this huge scheme um, where that, that is entirely reliant on her, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and 
I think here it's a kind of forced ignorance where this is ignorance being forced upon her um, for the good of the people who are doing so, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, because they think that she may not go along with it or she may not, you know, act well enough or she may not, you know, she may give it away or whatever it might be, but that also takes away her agency. I think it actually is an interesting mirror to what we were talking about with muggles and and uh, and, and ignorance in Harry Potter. Yeah. Where, you know, this is an ignorance put upon them to take away their agency for the good of those who are making this decision. Yeah. And that's basically what happens to Katniss mm-hmm. uh, when, by, by the rebels when they do this. And it does lead to, you know, her not knowing who to trust and her losing PETA and, mm-hmm. you know, her suffering more than she ever would have chosen to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that, that can, then continues into her taking on the role of the Mockingjays, that she is being used and she's finding as much agency as she can within that position. Mm-hmm. But throughout it, she is not given real power or agency. She has to, t- to take the power that she gets. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from that starting with that ignorance that she is she's given mm-hmm. um, or that, that's forced upon her by Hamish and and the other tributes and yeah yeah absolutely and and that really leads her to feel like she can't trust anyone mm-hmm. and like abandoned even in this position of such pain and and despair and really you know she thinks like great now i'm just the piece in somebody else's games Mm -hmm. like again and yeah i think i think one of the reasons that they said was that the less people actually know about these things the better because if it doesn't work out well and the capital has you they'll torture you for information right but I don't think that that was all it because part of it is that Katniss doesn't listen to other people. She will do in the end what she thinks is right or what is her first instinct. Mm -hmm. And and there's no way Hamish would have (laughs) wanted her to to necessarily have that information because Mm -hmm. he doesn't always trust her. Although, I mean, it would have made the plot safer right Mm -hmm. because she could have just like killed finnick right at the beginning right of of the games like she almost did and so it yeah there's obviously real danger in ignorance exactly yeah yeah agreed yeah well do you have a compelling question for me i do in fact let's hear it so my question is that well first obviously those in power in the Hunger Games mm-hmm. kept everybody in the districts, like all of the different districts cut off from real knowledge about the other districts, mm-hmm. right? And so, and this was a way for them to maintain their power. So I'm wondering if you see that corresponding to our own society. Hmm, interesting. I definitely do in some ways. I think that I tend to be a pretty optimistic person about the goodness <laughs> of people, which is something that I know you don't always share. But I do think that while people will act selfishly, it's harder for people to hate those that they know. 
mm-hmm. and that increasing the knowledge of a you know group of people or a specific person makes it much more difficult to hate that person. You know, it goes back to you know the theme of Ender's Game, basically that mm-hmm. if you know someone completely, you love them. You know, you can't not. And I think that that there's some truth in that in, in how people work, and that's why I think that systems of hierarchy and oppression um, rely on ignorance. Mm -hmm. They rely on not letting you know who's around you. And so, you know, within the United States, you can definitely look at economic friction between racial groups or Mm -hmm. gendered groups or all these kinds of things that make it so that we, in in Marxist terms, it restricts our class consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. It makes it so that we are still you know, um, taken advantage of by the upper classes who are mm-hmm. then profiting off of our our labor or whatever it might be. And we're so focused on, you know, they, mm-hmm. whatever other group that there is, the districts for Hunger Games or could be racial groups or religious groups or what have you, you know, different part of the country, mm-hmm. you know, red, blue, whatever it might be, they are doing this to me or they have this mm-hmm. and I want that or whatever it might be but it's so it's othering them in mm-hmm. order to make it so that you cannot understand them and that you cannot then work with them mm-hmm. um, and I think that that is is one of the biggest problems in um, in certainly our society and then when you look at it on international stage it's even you know grander arguably where you know we as Americans have this identity as we're Americans mm-hmm. and every other country is them and yeah. it gives makes it so that we have the by and by far the largest military spending in the world you know yeah. we're the next what 14 countries combined or something like that yeah and it's just absurd but we feel like we need that because we need to protect ourselves protecting ourselves is inherently othering it's inherently being ignorant of what because no one knows what we're protecting ourselves from mm-hmm. you know maybe they'll say china or north korea or russia yeah. or whatever it is but like China, North Korea, and Russia combine their militaries together, they're still not nearly as powerful as we are. And mm-hmm. so what what are we doing there? Um, and I think that there is no answer to that because of that ignorance that, that is forced upon us. But education? We don't need to spend money on that. No, absolutely not. No, education is... Uh, yeah, I mean, and, that, and that's kind of what I, I think about. Like, it's much easier to control masses when they aren't well educated mm-hmm. when they're kept ignorant and and i think that that happens all the time like if we even think about like the the news media like how often are things really reported about you know uh environmental impact of things how much are things reported about peaceful muslim protests when any act of violence is done you know Mm -hmm. like it's kept out and i'm not saying like oh everything's fake news like no but like there are specific choices that are made and it takes a lot of work on the part of people individuals in society to find out other information yeah about other countries about other communities it's not in our education Mm -hmm. right like our our normal you know k through 12 education generally and so yeah and then it's really easy for politicians or whatever to just be like terrorism so elect me because i'll put a stop to that you know and and so it's it's really easy to just use different rhetoric to 
manipulate populations mm. into giving you more power. And by giving them more power, then they in turn use their power to keep people more ignorant again. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I see that as something in our society that's... Obviously, it's not... We're not such a censored society that we can't find out a lot of information, like other countries in the world, for sure. But it's also... It's not how it should be. It's not... There is an equal coverage of all these things. There, yeah. it, It's not given things the proportion. Uh, it's disproportionate to the importance of, of the issues oftentimes. Absolutely. Yeah. So what is your compelling question for me? So my question for you is... What do you see as the similarities between mm-hmm. the ignorance of those in the capital and mm-hmm. the ignorance of those in the districts? Because I think it's so easy to see mm-hmm. what's different about them. Yeah. But what's the similarities? Hmm. Well, the first person who comes to mind for me is Gail. Hmm. <laughs> and that he doesn't really know much of what's going on, right, outside. He he understands that there's the structural power imbalance and like this is exploitation of people but when it comes down to it i think he is willingly ignorant about people in the capital because once again people are humanized it's a lot harder to kill them Mm. and so when he was just like what like we can kill everybody in district two who cares like everybody in the nut um and every capital citizen like that's completely fine and katniss is like but what about these other people not everybody's like that what about cinna mm-hmm. like he made this mockingjay outfit for me like he made me partially who i am mm-hmm. and who like I never would have been supported in the same way without him. And he was from the Capitol. And, but Gail doesn't want to see that nuance. And I think in the same way, people in the Capitol don't want to see nuances of what they're doing to the districts. Because if they did, then maybe their conscience would kick into gear. And they would think, oh, maybe this is wrong. But it's a lot easier to achieve your ends when you don't think about others as complex people who are who have the ability to change and learn and not all of them will but the fact that they could should change how you um interact with it Hmm. so that's a way i kind of see what about you yeah i think that both the the people of the districts and the people in the capital have an ignorance placed upon them mm-hmm. to purposefully placate them. And though they're done in different ways, right? The mm-hmm. the capital citizens have this, uh, you know, you know, bread and circuses, this thing that's going to entertain them and keep them mm-hmm. from from really having any critical thought and choosing anything for themselves because they're mm-hmm. so comfortable. Whereas for the uh, 
for the districts. It's just not giving them the power to rise up, though obviously they're not comfortable. You know, yeah. it's, it's also maintaining power over them by withholding information. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially, like you're talking about, withholding information about each other mm-hmm. um, to like make it so that they could, they could work together. Um, I think, so I see that as a similarity. And as I mentioned, both of them, I think, are, are done to them, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that there isn't an element of willful ignorance on both sides, you know, in the individual case where Gail is choosing to maintain his ignorance and the same way that I'm sure the prep team choose mm-hmm. not to think about how food is is being distributed to the districts and things like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I also think that especially in a thing like The Hunger Games where there is this totalitarian control, mm-hmm. information is so controlled that... There is an ignorance that's that is that is brought on by in, in a top down manner, you know, against the people. That's a forced ignorance as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and and that's the thing too that the people in the capital we don't actually know anything about how much they know about what goes on in True. the districts. Like maybe if they like the only interaction they get with people in the districts is the televised reapings mm-hmm. and whoever the the tributes are. Mm-hmm. And so if there were, if there was actual footage of like these people dying or reports done about the disease and the malnourishment and all these different things and had access to that, it would be interesting to think about how many of them would care and how many wouldn't care. Do I think that there's that many that would? Probably not. I think that there would be more than just like Cinna and Plutarch and a few that you hear about. But like we have access to all of that in our society and how many people care. Mm-hmm. Like we could find out about, oh, like palm oil is doing these terrible things to like the environment and because of the ways that these things are being done and what types of foods is that used in and like how are these companies cutting quarters to do these types of things you know like we could find out a bunch of that stuff but most of us don't because it's easier to just get whatever food we want or you know get whatever clothes we want and not care about where they were manufactured or if it was done by slave labor or whatever it is so i don't know how many would have been different in the capital had they had access to that information but the point is they still need access to that information so then they can decide how terrible they want to be or not (laughs) but interesting enough you know the mocking jay was going to be used as propose not just for the districts but Mm -hmm. also for you know it it was very important that they also be screened in the capital yeah and so i think that there was a propaganda campaign being done there because they um at least believed that that would have an effect on that population Mm -hmm. yeah definitely so what is your missed opportunity my missed opportunity is something that we've kind of talked about before. We certainly have off air, but mm-hmm. uh, I believe we have on air as well about how I feel like the ignorance of the differences of the districts and the cultures and communities in the districts bothers me. 
mm-hmm. that I would love to know what is going on in each of the 12 districts. And I would love to know how those districts, um, you know, ways of life differ. And we get a little bit of that in like 11 and 2 and some of the ones that are like more focused, but we don't really see a ton of, you know, how this system is set up and where um, differences and commonalities lie. And, and you know, even further, you know, for me, of course, my focus is things like education systems and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. how are how how are how is the ignorance ma- being maintained within these districts, and how you know are people breaking out of that? And and those are things I'd really love to see in the series, and I'd especially love to see them in the way that Katniss interacts with the other tributes in the games, because like we see it like with Finnick being a great swimmer in mm-hmm. Catching Fire, you know, and I think that is a really interesting idea because you know he has a skill set that is useful to him in the games and i think Mm -hmm. that it would have been interesting to see katniss succeed or fail based off of her knowledge or ignorance of other tributes districts and how Mm -hmm. that might you know affect her other than just these are careers and these aren't careers basically Mm -hmm. um i I would like to see a little bit more of that yeah i would I'm very curious, too, because even among the tributes themselves, there's only certain ones that she becomes friends with. And or even she, names. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's a lot we don't know. So my missed opportunity is within the adaptation to the movies, mm-hmm. because especially in the first one, I feel like they just missed things that are so important in a way that they just didn't give enough time and emphasis on the issues of ignorance that the book does such a good job of bringing up. And and even even the way that some of it was done, I feel like... Well, first of all, like... Katniss is supposed to have olive skin and mm-hmm. you know be darker and that's one of the the things that differentiates people in the district like the poorest people have slightly darker skin and the um the the more wealthy the merchant class like they they are lighter and and taking that away I mean and she's supposed to be like emaciated Mm -hmm. you know and i'm not saying like oh let's have someone be super unhealthy but like you know there's things like that where it's just they didn't i think that they could have done better trying to represent things that were talked about in the books um the in a way that doesn't keep the audience watching it more in ignorance and and yeah i think they really should have done a better job with everything that happened in the capital and really showing these different aspects and really helping link it to our present day mm-hmm. because yeah it's so important and and I think obviously some people who really love Hunger Games loves that about the books mm-hmm. but I think that there's having this as a theatrical release it makes it so that a lot of people can be like, oh, I like this, but just, like, 
the point is, like, we are the capital, right? Mm-hmm. And the fact that so many people who would be like, oh, I like Hunger Games or Hunger Games is great. Like, they don't realize that. Like, that's really frustrating to me. Yeah, I, I think it's unfortunate, especially with the first movie, but that they focus so much on the spectacle of of mm-hmm. the games and of of that aspect of it that they don't that they miss so much of the nuances of this world building that is so precise and biting, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and has such amazing commentary. Well, and and that's the thing. Like, aren't we? super the capital if it's like oh well for entertainment's sake we're going to make the movies this way (laughs) that's true that's super true yeah well i think my takeaway is kind of on that same level is is how sometimes subtly collins shows ignorance and shows the kind of the the messages and themes of her books and ignorance is clearly i think one of the purposeful ones i think when we were talking about the the prep team earlier it it really stood out to me how, you know, their ignorance is their, arguably their, you know, their, their major flaw, mm-hmm. right? Is this ignorance and this privilege. And they ultimately suffer because of it. Because as you're mentioning, you know, they're ignorant that of the cost of the food that they're eating, right? Mm-hmm. And then when they're in District 13, it's their ignorance of the cost of the food that gets them into trouble, mm-hmm. you know, officially. It's them saying, why can't I just have a little bit more bread? When, of course, in District 13, everything is rationed so intensely because they mm-hmm. live in an underground bunker that, you know, a little more bread is a big deal for them in a way that the prep team can't even understand. And so yeah. it really is that ignorance that, that leads to um, a lot of negative repercussions for them. And I think that's a really, really well done narrative structure of showing, you know, not just like, oh, yeah, these are these characters and they have these flaw, but, like, seeing how that flaw plays out when mm-hmm. they're in a new situation. And, again, still not demonizing those characters, not yeah. saying this is that these characters are evil or anything like that, but also still being critical of their actions. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is that They is participate really in evil systems that they don't oppose, but that doesn't mean then in turn be evil exactly that doesn't mean that they are that they are even necessarily choosing those evil systems because Mm -hmm. ignorance comes you know with losing that agency like we've talked about and um that again does not excuse it and it doesn't mean that that they couldn't do more they 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 aren't willfully being comfortable and not Mm -hmm. challenging themselves to look beyond it and i think that there's certainly a lot to be said there especially about those characters but they are not snow. They yeah. are not creating and maintaining the system purposefully. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hmm. What about your takeaway? So I think my takeaway is to really think about more the areas in which, like, any type of ignorance that I have or, uh, yeah, let's just make it personal, that I have, like who does that ignorance benefit Mm. and who does that ignorance harm yeah because if i have ignorance about how you know clothing or different products are made it benefits corporations and it harms the people who aren't paid living wages for it right and so yeah i think thinking about that more not just as this oh like 
I want to be a better person and be a more aware and sensitive person, which, yeah, that's great too. Mm -hmm. But think about it in terms of other people as well. Interesting. Yeah. I love how half the time our takeaways are like me being like, I have this narrative conclusion I've come to. (laughs) And you're like, I'm going to be a better person. (laughs) Uh, I mean... Hashtag this is us. Well, why don't you let us know what we're going to be looking at next week? Okay. So next week we're going to talk about Avatar The Last Airbender. And let's get our topic. Community. Community and Avatar. Interesting. That'll be good. That will be good. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening to this week. You can find us on social media by searching for Geek Between the Lines on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest. You can also go to our website, bit.ly slash geekbetweenthelines, or go to our Patreon site at patreon.com slash geekbetweenthelines. We also want to thank Kimberly Taylor Pastel at Lacelet for designing our logo. You can find her designs at lacelet.com or searching for Lacelet on Facebook or Instagram. And with that, we'll see you next week. Geek Geek out. out!